0: Welcome to the Spiritually Discerned Podcast with Jimmy Gear. Well, today on the Spiritually Discerned Podcast, we're going to return to one of our segments that we haven't done in a little bit of time. But that is uh, doctrinal difficulties. And this one I've labeled as a doctrinal difficulty for two reasons. Number one, and this is for the believers out there that may be listening. It's a doctrinal difficulty because it's hard for us to understand. Now, having said that, we are people of faith that still accept what God's word has to say. But that leads me to the second um, reason that this is a doctrinal difficulty. And that's because the very fair accusation, I say fair because um, when you deal with the world, you're, you're dealing more in the area, not of faith, but, but rational thinking or, or um, not rational thinking, but more in the, in the realm of, of logic alone without faith. <clears throat> um, and I think we can answer this quandary in, in that realm as well, instead of just kind of saying, well, we, we take it by faith. This is one of those areas that we can answer um in a, in a i think a very satisfying way to that degree and that is the objection and i've heard this a little more lately than than i've heard in the past but i'm sure it's always been kind of a objection right from the get-go a lot of times when when atheists or skeptics look at the word of god and they say well i've heard this on a few occasions where they say well you know it doesn't take long at all to find errors in the bible because right there in genesis 1 There's an error because God says that he makes the sun on uh, day one and then a couple days later he says he makes the sun on that day and how can there be two creations uh, of the sun it's it's an inconsistency it's a it's a problem for us it's a doctrinal difficulty not an error um, not a not a big problem once we understand it and uh, yes Genesis one addresses this I'll read the first four verses in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. And the earth was without form and void, and darkness was upon the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters, and God said, Let there be light, and there was light. And God saw the light, that it was good, and God divided the light from the darkness. What would it be like if, if God, on that first day of creation, had decided to leave the earth cocooned in darkness? What if um, somehow, and this, this, this could have been done this way, I suppose, the earth had been formed by the, by the skilled hand of God and clothed in a dazzling array of colors and shapes, but the atmosphere, it's, atmosphere itself was left completely light, lightless. What if all the beautiful swimming things that God placed delicately in the rivers, streams, and oceans, and the lumbering creatures that sauntered restlessly upon the dry ground, and the flying things that stretched their wings and soared on the currents of the air were subjected to that prison of ambient darkness? What would earth be like then? And what about us, human beings? What if we were formed with such care and precision by the master who gathered up the dust and shaped out of it something living and breathing and with a soul and emotions and the ability to feel pain and pleasure? What if such creatures as you and me were left to wander around on God's earth, unable to see any of the other glorious creations that God had made? What would that be like for us well in a manner of speaking we'd say that it would be kind of like hell and that's what scripture testifies about hell as far as what the um visual atmosphere is it's the darkest darkest night ever that's the that's the testimony in scripture about hell it's because it's a godless place the reason that it's that it's a godless place is because um, it's it's left to its own devices, so to speak. It's left without the presence of the Creator, uh, God, or or the Lord Jesus, or the Holy Spirit, for that matter. It's an abandoned place, I guess you could say. It's a place of absolute darkness, and what we see in that, um, and I'll give you some verses for that if you can look up, if you want to. Um, the darkness of hell seems to be one of its very worst aspects. Uh, Matthew 18, or sorry, Matthew 8 verse 12, 2 Peter 2, 4, and Jude 6 and verse 13, verses 6 and verse 13 of Jude, um, talk about that. Now, we have a, a, a situation that kind of is catty-corner to that here in Genesis 1, which is God is about to start his creation, and the earth is an utter complete, not the earth, sorry, the the there is no creation but but what is there that begins to be created is is um without form and god has to form it and god has to create it and god has to put things on the earth he's got to put the vegetation and the animals and the people and all of these things but it is a lightless place so god makes the statement in genesis 1 he says let there be light let there be light um, a little later on when you get to verse 14 It says that that he says and uh, let there be lights in the firmament of the heaven to divide the day from the night and let them be for signs and for seasons and for days and years. Very similar, right, to the first time when he talks about light and he talks about the fact that he saw the light and it was good and God divided the light from the darkness. Verse 14 says that he divided the day from the night. And I'm going to address that here because I think what it is, is it's a. In the grandest sense the earth uh, and many aspects of the earth like many other things we see in Scripture are metaphors for the Lord Jesus and I think we see that in the initial creation Um, so what was that first source of light if it was not the Sun well we find in verse 3 that that first form of light should not be taken to be a temporary physical light source because that simply doesn't necessitate itself why would God create a temporary light source and then he's going to establish a fixed light source a few days later why not produce the fixed source at the onset and if he did choose to establish a temporary light source what happened to it after the lights in the firmament of heaven the sun moon and stars were created what happens then um, there might be also another argument that says that uh, you know that, that this would be a, um, a believers uh, not argument, but uh, opinion, viewpoint, that the light source in verse 3 is the same as the one verse, uh, used in verse 14 and verse 16. And it's really just building on what was revealed before and basically the idea of progressive revelation. Now, progressive revelation is a biblical concept. The idea of progressive revelation is the idea that these seeds are planted these teachings are planted that are expanded on later on and that could be done in a teaching sense like salvation for example the Old Testament has much to say about salvation about sin about man's failure to com- keep the commandments of God and and salvation or re- redemption redemption's plan is fulfilled later on um, we can we can see progressive revelation in the scriptures um, also physically we see progressive revelation. We see this in the in the dynasty of the kingdoms We we see it in the quote-unquote little horn of Daniel Which was fulfilled in history by Antiochus the little horn and then later the little horn becomes the big horn which is Antichrist and though Antichrist and Antio- and Antiochus the fourth and these other dictators you could say Diocletian you could say um, Domitian you can say Nero you could say Hitler you could put all these other people as kind of little horns Well, they're not they're not the Antichrist and the little horn of Daniel was not the Antichrist He was a type of the Antichrist. So there is a place for progressive revelation But I don't think this is one of those occasions where progressive revelation is in view and it's and it's because of the things I just said um, About there's there's no necessity uh, of, uh, of a other light source and progressively, we want to talk about progressive revelation. Um, it doesn't seem to follow the chronology here in Genesis 1 that we're presenting what is called in the beginning, right off the bat, that there's this light that comes forth and then a few days later, the light sources are physical light sources that are described in more detail. And I think that's kind of the common um, option that people pick so then we are left with the unavoidable question of the identity of this first light. And do we have any clues about what that is? Well, I think we do. Since the light sources on the fourth day reveal the fixed light sources of the sun, moon, and stars, the first light source is something altogether different. It is an entity unto itself. Well, what is this light source? Well, let me give you one clue. Well, not a clue, but, but part of the deal is to look in the Genesis of the New Testament, which is John chapter one, one through five, which says this in the beginning was the word capital W and the word was with God and the word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. What are, what are we talking about in the beginning? We're talking about Genesis. We're talking about the beginning of creation. Because he goes on to say, and all things were made by him. Now, the word we know, according to John fourteen six. Um, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. Um, we, we know that the Bible talks about the word that dwelt among us, and we beheld him as the glory of the Father. Um, there's other places in John's writings where um, this way and this truth, truth being word, kind of synonymous, right? We have the written word and we have the living word. Well, the written word is the living word, but we have the the word that became flesh and dwelt among us. I mean, that is the Lord Jesus Christ. That's who we're talking about. So Jesus Christ was there at the beginning of creation. And we know this also because Jesus has never been created. Jesus is part of the Godhead. He was born into this world. And if you read through Hebrews, there's some good parts in Hebrews that really, um, and we'll get back to Hebrews soon, but. There's really some good parts in there that talk about the fact that uh, I guess maybe maybe not on the surface, but as you study, it talks about the fact that Jesus was not a created being, but there was a body prepared for him—a um, a totally different thing. Being born of woman and being created, Jesus was never created. All things were made by him, and without him was not anything that made that was made. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. Ooh, the light of men and i know there's some i know there's some metaphorical context in here some beautiful imagery um, but it's literal as well it says the light shineth in the darkness and the darkness comprehended it not now spiritually we know that the light is the gospel it's the truth of god that shines upon the darkened hearts of man and man either rejects the light or he accepts the light but the light reveals sin as it also reveals truth and the way to escape the penalty of your sin. But literally, Jesus also is the light that shines in the darkness. And that's what we're being told here in John chapter one. So we're told that Jesus Christ was the light and the darkness comprehended it not. That word comprehended is the Greek word katalambano, which means to take eagerly or possess. Kind of reaffirming what I what I said about the light shining in the darkness and the darkness not taking it to heart not possessing it. Um, so we look back at Genesis one and we see in the creation account that the light is said to um, God says let there be light and again just like there's a difference between being created and being born. Creation comes before birth Jesus was not created. That's not the language we see in Genesis 1. We, we see him say, let the light come forth. Let there be light. Let the light come forth. So basically, the idea is that Jesus stepped forward and the light of his glory shone. And that glory was so strong that it lit up the world stage, if you will, the creation stage, and the darkness was lit up. So Genesis 1 is a physical light for physical creation. John 1 is spiritual light for spiritual creation, which is a recreation. It's a rebirth, kind of ties all together. The identity of the darkness in Genesis one is an actual physical. We could say tangible if we were there, though we were not. It's an actual physical darkness since evil had not been allowed to fester in the perfect world that God had created. However, evil did enter into the world by one man's sin and spiritual darkness came upon man. So this conclusion answers both of the concerns that we may have. Um, No matter how we're taking this viewpoint of whether, you know, we're we're trying to answer the cynic or the skeptic or the unbelievers viewpoint that there's an error, we can answer it here and quite beautifully, I would add, and it also answers the question of our own personal understanding um, with the added benefit that it really enhances our spiritual understanding and the beauty of God's word. So when you're talking about the beginning in genesis and the light in the light coming forth and let me read again the actual language we have in the king james here um god saw the light that it was good and god divided the light from the darkness um we see here the aspect that comes which is separation the separation of the darkness from the light and that really rings true as a christian who is following after christ We are supposed to separate from darkness. Now, this is a physical separation, separating from the acts and the manifestations around us of darkness, the things that we can see that are evil, and it's spiritually um, a reality as well that we separate from darkness. Now, if we ever get into personal separation and different aspects of personal separation in the future, we can bring in other verses that address this. And we may get to that eventually where we look at this in a New Testament concept and go to places like 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verses 14 through 18, Psalm 92, verse 15. And these are verses that you can look at now. These are verses that you can look to and, and see the, the um, implications of this. Again, I'm going to return to this word, uh, a type of progressive revelation about our understanding of um, the, uh, for lack of a better term, the metaphorical aspects of light and darkness, what they represent in Genesis to us in our spiritual lives. So I hope this has been somewhat of a help to you and, and hopefully I've been clear enough. If you have any questions or if you need more clarity about that, please um, write us a note at the uh, spiritually discerned podcast at gmail.com. Um, I do check that from time to time. And uh, we'll try to address any concerns you might have. But I hope that that's been a help to you, especially as you minister and try to um, answer the skeptics questions as they come to us. So next time, until next time, when we do another one of our doctrinal difficulties, God bless you and have a great rest of your week.